When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I'm Tyler Metcalf, joined as always by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how are we doing? Good morning, Draft Maniacs. I'm doing good, Metcalf. Um, really excited for this episode. It feels like we're finally getting around the corner to start getting pumped about some of these prospects. I've been watching way too much film, getting pumped, getting excited. How are you doing? How's the week going? fantastic um when we were kind of trying to figure out what to talk about this week we're like well we could go down another kind of historical statistical retrospective type route like we've done in the past couple weeks but i was just kind of like i'm getting the itch i want to talk about these these 2024 guys i want to talk about i've been watching an unhealthy amount of high school film and i'm really really ready to get something out of it i I want to talk about these guys and i also want to stop talking or watch stop watching high school film um but that's a whole nother issue um but these are three guys that we're both really excited about i um these are three guys that we saw in person at hoop summit these were three guys who were really impressive there and have been really impressive throughout their high school careers um where do you want to start with these guys well, first, I got to give some credit to the No Ceilings crew. They're starting to get the itch, too. They've done some some good pods. Albert and Corey have been killing it on the draft act. Make sure you guys listen to that show. They've been doing some some rundowns on some big prospects, some sleepers, too, that have got my attention. Um, I know Maxwell and Steven did an episode, too. Mm-hmm. I'm just pumped now because I feel like everyone's getting the itch. The wheels are turning. We're starting to see some daylight. Um I'm pumped about the the trio of players we we decided on Metcalf because, like you said, we got to see these players live in person at Nike Hoop Summit, whole week of practice and scrimmages, and then the game. And it's funny because going back now and almost watching their whole film before that, some sort of like variation with some of these guys. Like I have different evaluations. Um, some some guys I'm more excited about than compared to what I saw in Portland. And that's not in a negative way. Um, it's just there. If you go back and watch even before their last season, we have a guy that I know me and you are extremely high on. I think some people at no ceilings are extremely high on some other people out there starting to beat that drum um, and get buzz about it. So um, you get to pick wherever you want to start, sir. I'm really, I'm just pumped about this one. Yeah. Um, well, the, I, I want to go back to hoop summit. Okay, uh, okay. real quick too and i i know people, I'm list, I'm I, I, I know listeners are probably just so annoyed with us consistently going back to it but in this context specifically i think it's really important because i mean that was the last time we saw these guys live mm-hmm. and it was in april so you know not that long ago but it's also at the tail end of all of this film that we've been going through so for me um and you know hoop summit was 
the biggest in-person scouting thing that I've been afforded to go to. So it was a really cool experience and going back and watching all of this tape, it was just kind of cool to go back to my notes from basically the end and then start at the beginning and work back up to that and around to it. And during the summer, during the EYBL stuff, you, you would see flashes of, Oh, this looked like, I, I remember him being way better at this than, what this tape is showing me. And I was like, Oh, wait, well, that's because it was almost a full calendar year before I saw him in person and being able to kind of piece together that progress and that growth. And really, it really highlights what these guys work on and how much work goes in behind the scenes and being at hoop summit, we got a really good sense of the, the intentionality that those guys put into their practice and what they're working on during water breaks, how early they get there, all of those little things that do build up into the actual progress that we saw from, you know, June EYBL film all the way to Hoop Summit stuff where these guys are performing in a small gym in front of NBA execs almost a full year later. I think the biggest part and why we keep bringing up Hoop Summit and you kind of talked about it is like that's usually the thick and thin of the previous draft cycle for us. But that's like the first opportunity for me to start getting my feet wet when it comes to the upcoming year of like prospects and it's almost laying the foundation of like, we talk about draft evaluating and looking at these players as check-ins. Um, it's like going to a doctor's visit. You're always checking in to, to make sure everything's going good. But like for me, having the opportunity to be in Portland with you guys and see those players like that. Now, when I go see them throughout the college year, I get to be like, Whoa, let's put on some weight, put on some muscle frame. Looks great. Um, this part of his game looks so much better. It's like you said, you you almost see something at that week of, of practices that you get to go back and watch film and be like, was there something different? Um, was there something that popped that didn't really stand out that week of practice? And I think um, with a couple of these guys, like going back and seeing some film, I was like, oh, whoa, like there's more there that Corey even brought it up. Like one of the guys that we're going to talk about um, Jacoby Walter, like Corey was like, he didn't stand out at practice, but that's not mm -hmm. necessarily a bad thing. He just didn't, you know, look like a guy that was going to drop 30 every game. He looked solid. He looked smooth. The shot looked great. And then me and you have talked on the side, like you go back and watch some of his stuff, even before link Academy, like goodness, there's a lot of stuff. So that's what we always say is like, you can't get caught up with just one showing or, or one week. You have to, take the whole slate of an evaluation into consideration because roles change, situations mm -hmm. change. Um, you might see a bad game and all of a sudden it's like, well, he still looked good. And then it's like, when you see him cooking, it's a whole nother player. And I think that's what we're going to see with a couple of guys we talk about today. Yeah. So you mentioned him. Let's yeah. just start out, start off with Jacoby Walter, um, six, 585 pound shooting guard uh, headed to Baylor number eight on ESPN's recruiting list. Um, I remember when we were watching him at Hoop Summit, sorry, but I think I, I leaned over to you. I'm like, God, this dude is going to be a prime candidate for a sophomore breakout. Like, I, yeah. I really like a lot Which of the was things funny. he's showing. And it's like, God, in year two, this dude is going to be a problem. Him and Miro Little are going to be a problem in their sophomore year. And now after going through all of the EYBL stuff and the high school stuff, I'm like, this dude's, like I might take this dude top five. Um, and so 
where where are you at with Jacoby? What do you like? What do you dislike? Where, where take it however or whatever direction you want. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna back you up there because I think the most important thing for everyone to realize is like we're we're seeing this is like the first couple of practices we're seeing and we're just like oh man this guy could be a guy that just explodes year two now this because we're looking at him and he had this frame that i was like if you just put on 15 let that body mature there's a lot of really fun tools and and i'm like you like he looks so impressive but i was like is this gonna be a guy and at this time we're thinking baylor's gonna be a little stacked and um, Mira Little looked really good. So we were like, okay, like they might have some time to figure it out. And Jacoby just kept looking really intriguing. And I was like, oh, this also could get a scary point where it's like, maybe he is a one and done, but he'd have to really hit the, the ground running. And then that's where you get excited in the off season. You go back and watch his film. And I mean, I, I've watched the games at, with him at Link Academy and I was very, very impressed. And then me and you off air one day, like you were telling me like, Hey, you need to go watch his EYBL stuff. It's going to even shake your cages a little more. And I was like, no way. And then this morning I, you know, up at 5am cause I'm a psycho and I'm watching that. And I texted you, I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um, you know, I have to give shout out KOC. Like he had mm-hmm. a preseason big board. He had him, I think third. Um, that was kind of an eye opener. Like, it's always fun because we start talking about that. And it's like, oh, okay. KOC's on the Walter train early. And then that stuff's so cool. And that's why I'm so excited about this class because the big boards are going to be crazy. People are going to be putting like, hey, I really like this guy. I think he could be up there. And it's so exciting when people do that because I'm not one of those like, oh, you're crazy. I'm like, let me go see what he's seeing. Like it made me go watch the film a little bit deeper. And I see you know, what KOC and some other people are thinking. And now Jacoby's looking like a guy, like I think I have him fourth on my board from just watching the entire slate. Like he's a guy that pops to me, especially the EYBL stuff. Yeah. I, I have him at two right now. Love that out of you. Just love it. it. you know, it, the, the, these rankings, especially at this point, are extraordinarily fluid. Oh, and I could change I, my I, mind in a week and move him up. It's, <laughs> I, I hear you. But, like, I'm comfortable right now with yeah, him in the top five, exactly. 100%. And he he really feels like one of these guys that could pop and really be that solidified top five pick, uh, you know, come draft time next year. But then you look at Baylor's depth chart of, you know, Baylor has him listed as a forward, but he's six, five, he's going to be a guard in the NBA, but you look at who they have six, five and under they have, um, Myro little Jaden, Nunn, uh, Ray J Dennis, Dantuan Grimes, Langston love Omar Adigbola. That's there. There's a lot of competition for minutes there for guys who are in the six foot to six, five range who, you know, can shoot, who can pass, who can dribble, who can create for themselves, who can play defense. Luckily for Jacoby, um, Baylor has a history of playing a lot of guard heavy lineups. So I expect him to be out there with two of those other guys a lot of the time. But if he's going to get minutes, it's not because he's a high recruit and it's just afforded to him. It's because he earned them. I think this one of my biggest. Um, I guess I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Watching all of the prospects getting ready for the upcoming cycle. One of my biggest takeaways and I'm looking at all the projected rosters. I'm looking at teams, like who's going to be where. 
I don't think you're going to want to chase stats this year. Yeah. Um, when you're evaluating prospects, I think a lot of teams are going to be looking at upside potential. Um, like another guy we're going to talk about in this episode, Jared McCain. I could see NBA teams absolutely loving him and he doesn't put up big numbers. Yeah. Because I think he's just going to play the game the right way. He might be a, you know, averages eight a game, but puts up five assists and four. He just might be a versatile guy. And I think you're going to see that with a lot of guys. And going into like seeing Jacoby at Portland, I would have said like, I could project that, that maybe teams will be like, there's an unfinished product here. Mm -hmm. Going back and watching all of his tape, there's a beast there. And it's not just offensively. I'm really excited about his defense. So um, you're going to have to stop me before I get off train because I just, there's a lot of stuff that's really checking boxes with me where I'm Mm -hmm. like, this isn't just you know, a potential great shooter from outside. I think Jacoby's got versatility to be kind of a stud and it wouldn't shock me if he's a top three pick or a top four pick. You know what I'm just saying? Like there, there's the foundation for him to really explode. And I know Baylor's roster looks really stacked, but I think Jacoby's two way upside could almost lean him staying on the court. Cause we're talking about, like you said, six, five reported six, 10 wingspan. And it Love looks that. longer on <laughs> tape. Like it, it, he's just very active. And I think he's a smart player. That's just realizing how special he can be. Yeah. I mean, so big picture with Jacoby, you know, our first exposure was at, or my first exposure was at hoop summit. And, you know, he didn't, he didn't play a prominent role on that team. And during the practices, he was really working on, you know, specific areas of his game and it looked like this guy is like okay the the athletic tools look good um you know he's really really working on his shot i'd love to see that you know we got a potential three and d wing combo guard type guy here uh two years down the road you know i like that he's working on some stuff and then you then then you go into the the high school film and you watch him at link and it's a lot of that three and D stuff, but at a more involved level that we kind of saw from hoop summit. And it's like, okay, this dude plays a prominent role on one of the best high school programs in the country. And also just shout out to link Academy right now, that coaching staff knows how to fucking coach defense. Yes. The, the, the defenders that continue to come out of there are so impressive. Um, you know, him and Cameron Carr on, uh, um, on the wing defending, I know Cameron Carr is a little skinny. Uh, Albert and Corey just talked about him in a great episode uh, the other day. Make sure to go check that out. But I thought his off-ball defense was phenomenal. Uh, Jacoby's on-ball defense is incredible. His off-ball defense is incredible. Um, they really know how to coach up defense over there. So shout out to Link. Um, but then you're like, okay, what, what's the real upside here with a guy who's an awesome defender, good athlete, uh, solid kind of off-ball shooter creator? Um you know, that's nice, but those guys don't go top five, top 10 typically. And then you go back to the EYBL stuff and you see him with the ball in his hands and he's creating for others. He's getting to mid-range pull-ups. He's, you know, mid- mid-range fadeaways, step back threes, you know, kicking out of drives and all this playmaking stuff. And you're like, holy crap, where did that come from? And the fact that he's playing at these really high level programs in a bunch of different settings and playing a myriad of roles on both ends of the floor just made me fall absolutely in love with him. The, the mid range creation um, adjustment, like off the dribble, like his ability to kind of get creative and react to what the defender is doing. And he's shooting, fadeaways he's doing turnarounds he's 
adjust in his body to finish with both hand. That's the stuff where at the EYBL where I was like, thank you, Metcalf. Cause I was just like, my goodness, this is a different type of player now. And then at link, I'm like really intrigued with, he he's really good off the ball too. Like I, I like how active he mm-hmm. can get to create shots, but I always feel like when he's receiving the ball and like trying to go for a shot, I feel like everything just, it's like sports car breaks. Like everything just comes together and is compact with his shot and it's consistent. And I just feel like the balance is really impressive for a player that young. The defensive stuff gets me pumped out of my mind, especially the off ball. And I'm so happy you said that you love the off ball because I was getting nervous that I was crazy. But there's some really smart off ball awareness activity. I even wrote down on my notes, like looks to have potential to be a really strong asset off the ball, stays active. He's constantly adjusting his position to try to jump in passing lanes. Um, He's just shifty offensively too. I I really feel like he's just a problem and I'm buying that the shot's going to trend in the right direction in a hurry. He just, he keeps checking boxes of being a top five guy. Um, And that's just, he's going to a team that Baylor is going to be stacked and have a lot of mouths to feed. So it's, are we going to be obsessed with, chasing Jacoby Walter numbers all year. I'm probably still going to be more excited about him, even if he's not putting up 20 a game, because we just saw this with Keontae George. Like that's not their system. They don't have a team usually that's like, here's the ball takeover. It's usually like you, you go, you go, you go, you know, rotate. So I just think Jacoby's defense is going to keep him on that court. Yeah. I, I I was going to bring up the Keontae point. So transition um we we saw we work so well together come on we saw saw Keontae play a a much different role at Baylor than he did at IMG and we really saw his playmaking shine because he had so many more on-ball opportunities his defense picked up um there's a higher intensity there uh you know the the off-ball movement the on-ball creation all of that stuff was heightened to a much higher level than what we saw at IMG with him where he was mainly kind of just this lethal off-ball shooter so with Walter do you think and I think we both believe that his defense alone is going to get him a ton of minutes uh the the pairing of him and Jaden Nunn in the backcourt um defensively is going to be a nightmare for opposing teams um but offensively do you think we're going to see him kind of be afforded that Keontae treatment where he is given the you know, some more on ball stuff and some more offensive creation and more offensive responsibilities, or do you think he's going to be reverted more towards that kind of three and D role? No, I think they're going to put the ball in his hands. I, I, I really do think so. I mean, even some of these preseason exhibitions are seeing that he's putting up big numbers. I think that gets the attention quickly. Um, it's just that shot too. It's just like, if I was, that Baylor team recruiting him. I'd be like, we want this guy to be putting the ball on the ground and trying to create. And he's going to be a tough assignment for anyone defensively, Mm -hmm. because he also has that release. That's kind of high too. It's like, it's going to be tough to defend. He's really good at stopping on a dime and kind of contorting his body to get that fadeaway angle. That just is really impressive. And um, just the more I watch, I'm just like, woo, this is a guy that I think I'm going to feel really good at. And that's where I've been at when everyone was like dogging this class, like, Oh, this, and I was like, Jacoby just saved my excitement because now I'm getting pumped about him. And then I go watch like four other guys and I'm like, I'm in, this is 
we're in baby like no ceilings <laughs> does this stuff we don't care what what prospects are there. like i'm a, i'm pumped for any of these guys but i think jacoby's gonna be a name that everyone's getting really pumped about quick and i think you're already seeing that with some draft diehards we talked to on social media they're like man jacoby's my guy and i'm like hey get in line buddy we were here <laughs> no I'm kidding um i just like him a couple lot yeah so you you mentioned the how much offensive creation is just kind of there and waiting mm-hmm. to be unleashed um we're gonna di- run through some clips here do you want to start with some of the playmaking stuff or a couple of the scoring you pick come on i uh, love when you pick okay well you, you mentioned when the, you rough house <laughs> you, you, you mentioned the the mid-range stuff earlier yeah. so let, let, let's start with that um so I, I i love this because it shows off that balance that you were talking about yeah. earlier and just that patience and it's it's nothing overly complicated just gets a seam drives baseline help defender comes and he just keeps that pivot foot alive so he's got this tiny defender on him that he was just abusing this entire game gets him on his hip clear lit lane to the rim here help defender does a good job coming over stops him on the block they got him doubled uh jacoby uses shot fake gets that help defender in the air and instead of panicking or traveling or turning it over or trying some wild skip pass to that opposite wing he just kind of keeps pivoting and pivots right around creates a wide open mid-range pull-up i i think that's what always intrigues me about him is the footwork because it's not panic mode it's like he understands just being patient and adjusting like staying alive don't panic and and get caught up with you know being smothered that's something with jacoby's like his his tough shot making really Mm -hmm. jumps out out to me where it's like we've always said like tough shot making is a skill that is a a unique ability to when everything is chaotic you can still be yourself and find a a potential window to attack and a lot of people watching that clip might have been like well he should have thrown it up top and i'm like no he just stepped through and hit a little tiny mid-range jumper right outside the key like i'm fine with that um but it's just the balance the ability to contort his body to get places and he looks so comfortable doing it it's Mm -hmm. A lot of times on tape, I'm like, where are you going? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, gosh. Like, okay, there he was. It was smooth. And I just think that's something he continues to pop with. Um, And it's going to make him a difficult assignment because those guys right there think like, okay, he's covered. And all of a sudden, another step through and easy jumper. Yeah, and I I definitely get the argument where I'm just going to pause it here where he he could make that outlet to the top of the key here but you know to be fair his teammates a little late in making that relocation um and at this point he's created a wide open eight ten foot jumper um what i love about this is that even though he's fading to his left just how compact the form is where the release point is where the elbow is everything is where it should be and yes he's moving yes he's off balance but the mechanics don't change despite that that's couldn't I mean you couldn't have paused it better if we tried again. I, I think that's what I was trying to say earlier when it comes to you can see him getting like running off crazy screens and stuff, but whenever he has to go up with a shot, everything is like consistent. It's almost like robotic where it's like everything is just hammered home, consistent for, like fundamentals with the shot, and it's something that makes me like really buy everything going in the right direction when it comes to his outside shot. Cause I think he's going to be someone that's constantly working on a shot. Like you said, we saw that in Portland. Sorry. We keep bringing up Portland. 
Um, I'm not moving there anytime soon. <laughs> Sorry, Portland crew, but um, go ahead, take this one. Yeah. So I, so something with him that I think also really stood out um, was the handle and yes, it, it, it I, I feel like it's, it could, it has the potential to be a bit of fool's gold where it can get really loose and really sloppy at times. But then there are times where he's throwing really complex combo moves together and when they work it's like oh boy that's nice but it could get away from him a little bit so i'm really hoping that and i i do think it's going to be one of those things where as he continues to mature it's just going to get better but i think this is a great example of what he can do out of the pick and roll and how he can really leverage his strength so just comes off that screen uses this little hezzy move which kind of free pauses his defender and forces the you know, drop defender to pause a little bit, take that half step um, recovery towards his man, which just opens up the lane a little bit more and allows Jacoby to just go and finish through his chest. Yeah. His handle is going to have to get tighter for sure. I think you could say that about almost 90% of prospects um, because you're just going to another level of competition. You got to be able to have it on a string, but I think that's my favorite part about his game is I'm talking about like the, the feel for the game and the anticipation and, at the end of the day, he will get downhill and go right at you. Like he mm-hmm. knows how to use his frame and to use the length. And I think that's where the wingspan comes in really nicely with his athleticism. So the the understanding of having that just little pause at the top of this. Yeah, that has is so right important. There. Yeah, it's so important, especially for guys like him, where you get someone to just freeze on defense, you can blow by anyone. And then you see that defender kind of gets caught up like, uh, and right when he feels that out, he just explodes. So it's just a multi-level scoring threat that is realizing how dangerous he could be. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's just, it it was, it, it feels subtle and kind of insignificant, that little hesitation move, but it's such an important pause in, in the attack because it just makes those, both defenders just pause for that split second and gives him the entire opportunity to get to the rim. And it was just a level of kind of craft and understanding of pick and roll operation that I wasn't expecting from him at this point. Absolutely. All right. Let, we, we got a couple of playmaking things. So this is, let me, let me start this over. So gets picked up full court, the handle. This is one of the examples of where the handle kind of looks a little loose, but really nice at the same time. Um, and I thought he just does an awesome job here of handling the full court pressure. Uh, throws some dribble moves together and then has the awareness, despite being under pressure, to dump it off to his teammate on the block. I mean, everyone knows how much of I love chaos, but I think that stands out to me when it's like you're getting the kitchen sink thrown at you from a defensive perspective. You're, you're getting picked up full court, you work working your butt off, and then all of a sudden – looks like a double's coming and then all of a sudden a, a late defender's crashing on you. So you're smothered right here by three guys. Where's the ball supposed to go? And he understands right away, like, Oh, right here. Um, a, under control, or you could say under control, but he's still on the money delivers a dime for an easy two. And it's just, you threw as much panic mode possibilities at him. And he still figured out a way to make the play. And I think that's, something with his game that continues to stand out whether it's him trying to be a playmaker or him trying to create offense it's just he can be uncomfortable and be comfortable at the same time like that really means something to me as a prospect 
Yeah. Um, and now n- th- this one's a little more in the half court, Oof. but just kind of, <laughs> just, just kind of a, a nice <sighs> blend of the, the loose, but dynamic handle with the balance and the footwork and the patience that we saw in the scoring clips. Um, so again, targets, you know, sorry to keep picking on this defender here, um, but crosses him up, gets in the lane, attracts, attracts the help defender instead of pulling up um, for a mid-range elbow jumper with a guy coming at him from the front and one lurking behind. He just kind of throws a little shot fake, steps through, and dumps it off to his teammate for the dunk. The shot fake is everything, and I feel like if you could pause on the elbow before he throws that pass, um, I feel like 90%, no, maybe not 90%, Everyone, if you just seen, saw this screen grab right now, you'd be like, throw it to the corner. Like, yeah, I, yeah, 100%. But because of the shot fake and taking that extra second, it just unbelievably opens up that window because that help side big is like, oh, I know you're probably wanting to go to the corner. And because of that shot fake, he leaves early, wide open dump off. I think it's just the little details that if you can show that from a, young basketball mind like that stuff's gonna transform and always be there for you to make efficient plays and it's gonna help out a ton at the next level it's just a lot of guys that understand the tiny little details can go so long to making you a more impactful player yeah i a million percent agree and as you can see here on the elbow that as he's coming to the stop he sees where that help defender is that he's Mm -hmm. on the backside of his teammate on the block and is already prepared to jump out back to the corner and as he makes that shot fake he does basically just that and just creates that extra step where it's just an easy dunk oh and he knows it too Mm -hmm. like if you see his reaction right after he he knows like just where he wanted to go with that he's just like like, like, that's like yeah That's literally the Magic Johnson that he like throw right <laughs> outside. It's like, yeah, that that was sexy. I did that. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Which that at- stuff. I'm oh, sorry. That stuff pumps me up too. When a guy's that pumped about throwing like a dime, you're like, yeah. It, most guys get pumped when you throw it a poster slam, but if you're getting that amped up about throwing a dime to your teammate, yes. I'm like, yeah, I'm taking note of that. Like, little stuff. Okay. Any final Jacoby thoughts? No. Top five. Moving on. <laughs> Okay, I, um, I just like him a lot. I'm really pumped about him now. Okay. That's kind of the one that, you know, like I said, give KSC shout out. But he was one of those when I saw that. I was like, oh, perfect time for me to be coming around on my Jacoby Walter film. And then I watched it and I feel like me and you back and forth the last couple episodes, like off the air, we were like, there's something there. Yeah. And then you finally were like, you need to watch something else too. And I was like, oh gosh, thank you, Metcalf. Um, but that's all I got. Yeah, so I he's... My preseason number two. I'm absolutely in love with him. Um, please don't hurt me, Jacoby. Um, but it's fine. Uh, moving on, we're going to jump to my preseason number one. Uh, Justin Edwards, 6'8", 190 pound, uh, small forward wing, 3D wing, whatever you want to classify him as. Uh, number three on ESPN's recruiting board, headed to Kentucky. Another guy at Hoop Summit who is incredibly impressive, who just kind of does all the little things on the court. Um, and you know, when we were at hoop summit, uh, Edwards was number one in the country and the recruiting. And we were all just like, God, I wish he didn't have that number next to his name because 
it's just going to bring on expectations that probably don't necessarily fit what type of player he is, but God, is, is he nice? My preseason number one right now. Um, We'll see if that holds until our first big board drops at noceilingsnba.com. But uh, I love him. I absolutely love the tools, love the height, love the shot, love the upside. Um, I watched all those Global Jam games, seeing him with the Kentucky system, or if you wanted to say with that roster, he looks to be the guy. Um, I've liked what I've seen when he's bringing the ball up, you know, a grab and go guy. I've liked the shot. I've liked the off ball stuff. Checks a lot of boxes. Um, seeing him in Portland, I was like this. I, and it, it was very annoying when we had the, yeah, there's the number one guy. And I was like, I hate that. And I was just like, he looks like the guy I'd be most excited about developing into something. And it is the size. It is the, the length, the versatility, I think there's just a, an all around game that's going to get unlocked and um, smooth looking shot from outside. But I, there is a level with his game defensively that scares the crap out of me because if he figures out how to make it consistent all the time, it's a really scary player. And I saw him Portland on a couple possessions. I was like, Oh my gosh, where it was just, everything looked right on, you know, right on cue. Perfect. Now, the problem is, is it's not always perfect. So if he can get more consistent, I'm really pumped about Justin Edwards. And I like that he's going to Kentucky. I like that roster's going to be stacked. Um, I think there's going to be a little bit more versatility than people think. I think some people think he's just a shooter. Or he's like, oh, floor spacer. And I was like, no, there's there's a lot of all-around game waiting to be. The ingredients are together. They're just brewing in the pot. So... What what do you think, Metcalf? What else you got? Oh, you're muted. Classic. Take a lap. Literally a lap. All right, I'll be right Unbelievable. <laughs> the first that's why it's an off season. Oh, hey, goodness. you know what? We should make a rule. Um, we'll start a that's a fine, fine jar. Fine, fine bucket or something or yeah. a fine jar. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Five bucket or five bucks. And then however big Starting that jar after, gets. After this episode. Yeah, after <laughs> however big that gets, we have to put it on red or black for Summer League. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, what I was saying to an audience of just me um, was that I, I absolutely love that you brought up Justin Edwards' off-ball defense because that is immediately what stood out to me every time I've watched him play. And he just has this ability to basically defend the weak side by himself uh, with his rotations, his positioning, his timing, his length, his anticipation, all of it is so impressive. It, it really, these are two really big names I'm going to throw out, but it really reminded me of how Tyrese Halliburton played the weak side at Iowa state and how Devin Vassell played the weak side at Florida state. It was that type of control where it's like, it's three on one over here on the side. Yeah, that's fine because I'm going to delay it long enough where even if that skip pass gets made, I'm going to tag, I'm going to recover. I'm going to close out under control. My fundamentals, my timing, everything's going to be on point where either I get a strong contestant on anyone who shoots, or I'm going to delay it long enough where the rest of my team can recover, or I'm going to bait the ball handler into a sloppy pass and I'm taking it the other way. Yeah. And it's not just the global gym stuff that impressed me. It's like, I've watched everything. Cause like <laughs> putting someone preseason number one on my board, I'm like, I, 
you got to convince me. And I've just, everything I've watched, I'm like, I'm, I'm in, um, I'm buying the upside. I'm buying the tools. The defense really gets me pumped. Um, I, the, the on ball stuff is what I'm saying just needs to get more consistent. Agreed. I think and I think that's a strength. Stuff. I think it's a lot, a lot of it's a strength thing too. Yes, 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 yes. And I think it's just some footwork sometimes where he's yes. a little over, over anxious with his feet. Um, yeah, I, I ironed out. I, I have in my notes that he's a little too eager to like flip his hips to turn mm-hmm. and chase instead of sliding with the guy. It's like, bro, you got the length and the footwork. I've seen you implement this footwork in other areas of the of your game. Just slide with them. Like you, you don't have to stay in front of them. You just have to keep them out of the lane. And I, I do think that in time that's going to come, but I, I, I had very similar things where it's like, okay, still really skinny. He's going to have to get stronger and he flips his hips a little too quickly, but there are some really scary defensive tools there. And I wish I had the highlight of the play um, in Portland. I know we were all watching it, but it was during a scrimmage and he literally slid his feet, changed direction. Yes. I was like, Oh my gosh, if that's there. And then you pair in that he's six, eight. I'm like, if that's there and that comes around all the time, we're talking about a two-way demon. Um, I just, I think that's a guy that six-eight shooter with defensive upside. I'm not just saying three and D, but like bare minimum, those are really exciting tools to get excited about. And then I think there's versatility that's going to be showcased at Kentucky all year that I just get pumped about. So that's why he's number one on my board right now because I would feel the most excited if you got that pick about being like, let's take a six, eight wing with defensive nastiness and an outside shot. Everything else will figure it out. Yeah. And I, I know there are probably plenty of people right now who are kind of rolling their eyes at the idea of really, you have a three and D wing at number one. And my, 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 right. My retort to that is I think that's his worst case scenario. Yes. And his floor. And that is still a really good player. I, I also think that he's shown a lot of kind of on-ball creation shiftiness. I think there's a lot. I think he's an awesome defender right now, and I think he has so much more to grow into. I, I there, there are even passing flashes with him where it's like, oh, buddy, like that was gorgeous. Like yes. more of that, please. Please give me more of that. And I hope at Kentucky we get to see more of that because he's not this explosive space creator where he's, you know, breaking guys down consistently off the dribble, but he has such a high level of awareness on both ends of the floor where it's like, Oh, there is so much left to your game that you've barely touched on. I think that's you, you put that perfectly when it's saying like, that's his floor and his floor might be a really dang good three and D guy, but the playmaking has really got me excited. Cause I do think that he's a guy you could put the ball in his hands run the offense through him and let him be a, a playmaker. I think there is some wiggle to his game too. I I think there's just a great assortment of tools that are going to get a lot of reps and we're going to look up a couple months into the season and be like, "Woo, Justin Edwards is starting to roll. And it would not shock me um, if he gets to a point where he's starting to separate himself. And that's not me dogging you know, the ignite guys that I know everyone's excited about some of the other prospects. I just think Edwards has that potential. Yeah. That's sort of like NBA teams get so pumped about what he has going for him, which is six, eight lengthy wing 
that can shoot it, shoot the shit out shoots of the, the crap out of it, and has defense and athleticism. There's some playmaking. There's a lot of stuff going for him to kind of, if all of a sudden he's putting up good percentages, being efficient, shooting the crap out of it, he could start submitting it, like separating himself. Mm-hmm. And it's, like I said, I think the Ignite guys are really intriguing prospects. I think they're going to be in for a little bit of a wake-up call when it comes to physicality because they're going to be bigger guys that are going to be skinny, young, and playing against grown-ass men. And it's not me. I promise you, I like those guys a lot. I'm just saying, I think Edwards has a really good path to sort of kind of be the guy. I think the other guys have a lot more challenges, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I I have a lot of questions with those Ignite guys, and I just kind of have fewer with Edwards right now. I'm I'm sure plenty will pop up as we go throughout the season. Um, but I think currently the biggest one that I have with him, it's all kind of physical tool based, and most of the time those are kind of the hardest ones or some of the hardest to correct. Where I you know I really worry about his strength right now and how much of a hindrance that's going to be be for him on both ends of the floor. Um, I'm kind of worried that he's not a really explosive guy so when he gets downhill he's not you know exploding through contact or finishing through contact or getting over defenders do you have any obviously i know he's a teenager i expect him to get stronger but do you think he has the frame to add really healthy weight to him do you have any concerns about the athletic tools or are you just like he he's a skinny teenager and everyone at one point has been and you know, he's going to figure it out. I mean, he's definitely going to have to put on weight. Um, you know, like I think Kentucky's site had him listed at six, eight, one ninety, maybe. And yep. we always yep. love team sites. So, um, you, you definitely would like to see him get over 200, you know, hopefully by the draft, he's probably flirting around two Oh five, um, which would be putting on a lot of weight, but right, if he yeah. could, if he could get to 198 and then, you know, maybe after keep climbing, keep, keep climbing the board. And and it's just a, a tough challenge, but you got to just spend some time in there. I don't get over like his athleticism pops. He's got the size. I don't get overly worried about like early on guys like, Oh, you you're struggling to finish around the rim. And it's like, yeah, I, I understand the opening month of the season you're adjusting. Um, I just am buying everything. And I, we saw this with Brandon Miller last year. Everyone was mm-hmm. freaking out about the finishing around the rim early on. And Same he was a thin, yeah, it worked out fine. Thin body guy that was tall, lengthy, had the versatility, he figured it out. He'd made adjustments. Like let's, let's give them some time to, to get the speed of the game and figure out where they can have some success. I think Edwards is going to be fine. I'm not overly worried about um, the athleticism. I'm like, we always expect these guys to just come out and be like Vince Carter. And it's like, those don't grow on trees. Um, so I, I'm not too worried. What about you? Are you overly concerned or is it just, that's the area of his game? You're like, I need to see that. kind that, of that That's the big one. And it, it's, you know, I, I don't expect these guys to be NBA level finishers in high school, you know, especially going through contact. It's really hard. It takes time to learn that stuff. Um, the the bigger and you know with Edwards specifically he's really good with extension finishes um so you know he's really good at using his length to kind of finish around guys instead of over them we have some clips so we'll go through that um so I'm, I'm not totally worried about it 
because I think he has really good touch too. It's just, it seems like a common trend. Whereas like every time he met someone at the rim, they were always way up higher than him. And it was, he was, it always kind of felt like he was being swallowed up by the defender. So whether that's more craft, whether it's a little more patience and instead he's settling for a little more or for a few more floaters instead, I don't know. It, it's, I, it's just something that I'm going to have to kind of keep an eye on throughout the season. Yeah. Right there with you. I think it's something I'll monitor for sure. Um, I understand what you're saying. Like there's some times where he can get met at the rim, but I think that's also like comparing him to Jacoby. Jacoby has that length and also does a good job of like shielding off his body to kind of, if he's going off the right dribble, like driving right, Jacoby does a good job of like almost using his shoulder and then like extending that arm to almost buy you a couple inches. Yeah. Well, like in that clip that we watched, I mean, he, he went into the shot blocker and took away, you know, the, his shot blocking ability, you know, yeah. he, he, he took that away from him and I just haven't really seen Edward, that from Edwards. hundred percent. And that's where I was trying to go is like, maybe that's the next area of game that you're working on with Justin at Kentucky. You're like, Hey, now you need to fin- figure out how to create your advantage off the attack when it comes to like, if you're attacking the basket and you got a shot blocker, you want to go into him, make his life difficult when it comes to angles on the rim, use the rim to protect your shot, like all that stuff. And maybe that's the next area of his game. He's got to iron out. All right, let's jump into some clips here. Uh, Gotta start with the defense. Um, You got to start with the defense. So I, uh, he's the low man here. I just love the the timing, the rotations uh, going back and forth, jumps the passing lane. So he's the low man. They run a high pick and roll and he's immediately there tagging the roller, takes that away, switches off. And then right back there. Once his teammate has to help back. That's why I always say like being active and constantly moving away from the ball is so important because you can't let your feet fall asleep and become center blocks. And I know like that sounds insane, but like uh, an, an inactive defender who is going through the motions and kind of just sitting and watching and becoming a spectator probably isn't making that steal. But because Edwards is constantly moving, you know, he's stopping that look. Okay, I'm there. I helped you out. And obviously there's no way he's not talking without this whole rep. Yep. But just constantly moving, being a quarterback, being a safety, whatever you want to say, um, just really intelligent understanding where the next rotation is supposed to happen. Yeah. And just what on, on the second drive here where, at, at, so he, he tags, um, he recovers, he switches off. And then right here, like when, once that second drive comes, I love how he positions himself where he's in a place where he's taking away that baseline skip pass to the opposite corner where his guy was, he knows where his guy is and he's in a position to take that away. But he's also here with the big man on the block and able to, eventually jump that pass as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to say, I almost wish his man would have stayed in the corner, made that passing angle even more difficult, but um, I, I just have seen him do this all the time on film where it's just like, yeah. I, I love the off ball stuff. And that's where I'm like, if the on ball consistency comes around with it, it's a terrifying prospect it's just awesome yeah um all right let, let's get into some of the offensive stuff um I, I really wanted to focus on the scoring and just how he kind of 
creates for himself by attacking closeouts with his off-ball movement. Um, it's whoop, wrong button. It's real simple. So just kind of a little brush screen creates the defensive rotation, attacks that high foot, and then just extension finish around the help defender. I think it. I think it was Rashid Ball. Shout out Rashid. Um, had a great viral video that was just like basketball's you got to be simple. You want to be as simple as possible to get from this point to the basket. And maybe that is why I like Edwards so much is because there's a lot of times where it's just simple. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. times where he's just like one minute, one move, see my window, get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the, there are just a lot of little things that go into this too, that make it look really simple. And that, yes, that's exactly what I'm getting at. Is like, the simple things on tape sometimes are much more elaborate than you think, mm-hmm. but it also like, that's what makes it so impressive to me is when I can tell like the prep, like the great recognition right there to tell where the body movement is going, like where, where it's carrying the defender, the ability to tack the, the weak foot right there, the high foot to where it's mm-hmm. like, if I get past them, I'm it's daylight. Um, and then just knowing that this help defender is coming over and using that extra little side step, if you want to put it, or just adjusting your body to finish, like it's very mature stuff that looks it, some it, people it, would be like, Oh, it looks like a drive in a layup. And it's like, no, there's a lot of re really it's, good it's reacting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I just right, right. Cause I, I believe that's on Kwame Evans too. Who's hell of a defender, but it, 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 it all starts from his threat as a shooter where and he's deep here and Kwame Evans still has to close out with that high hand, which brings him up in the stance, which creates that high, that, you know, high foot for Edwards to attack. And now Evans can't even recover. Edwards takes off before the defender can get there, adjusts his body, finishes around him. Again, kind of similar, similar thing. DHO, <sighs> just a nice little extension scoop finish. Similar to what we saw with Jacoby, where it's just a little hesitation, creates that lane to blow, blow past the drop defender. Hesitation and touch. Yeah, All it nice takes with a track. lot of these guys is just the slowest, like just get your guy to move and react any, and you can get by them, but you just have to get them to bite a little bit to get their feet a little bit slower. Um, Especially when you got, you know, I, I believe that's Aaron Bradshaw. Um, who moves pretty well but when when you get a seven footer in the middle of the floor and you hit him with that a little hesitation move get him to plant his feet just for that split second that for a wing or a guard that's two extra steps for them and then he has the length and the touch to finish with that extended left hand at the rim and avoid the shop blocker yeah the touch is very impressive there i know he's left-handed but that's still not an easy shot that looks very easy yeah, and then again, just another DHO. It it it's it all feels really simple, but it's all really calculated and just a great ability to counter his def- defender's movement. And it all so much of his on ball kind of scoring and on ball creation stems from how adept and creative he is moving without the ball. I mean, ref, can I get an and one? Come on. <laughs> So yeah, and just a little DHO get drags his defender into the screen, creates that driving lane, strong through the uh, you know the 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 weak off ball 
reach attempt finishes through contact. I think the thing that stands out with Justin for me personally is um, you can see when he's kind of going, going the same speeds at time when he wants to get somewhere and he understands he's got daylight to attack. He gets places fast. Like he covers a lot of ground and Mm -hmm. I think it's at that size. Um, I just like the change of gears. It's the burst for me that gets me really pumped with him off the dribble. Like he, he can really set himself up to, to turn on the, to hit the turbo button and get places. Yeah. It's Um, it's kind of like a gazelle where it's just these long strides going through traffic. It's very smooth and just a lot quicker than you would think it would be. Yeah. All right. Shout uh, out you with the animal drop. I mean, come <laughs> on. Discovery Channel sponsor. All right. Last one here is we talked about some of the playmaking flashes. I love this. We get a little on ball shiftiness, gets his defender yeah. in the air and gets the help defender and just beautiful counter. But there's stuff like this all the time that I, I maybe not all the time is what I'm saying is just like there's stuff that he's showcasing like this where I'm like, if this is coming around more often now, we're not only just getting a three and D guy, we're getting a potential feed offensively to create for others. Um, and I, and I've already seen it with some of those global jam games and obviously like guys calm down. I'm not putting all of my weight on the global jam. It's just like, I'm taking as much new stuff as I can see. Cause I know the competition's not like, you know, March madness stuff, but I just think, this is the part of his game mm-hmm. that he's probably realizing. Like I have more here to unlock and lean on. And if you can balance the desire to be a scorer with this and figure out a way to let one of those make life easier on the other part, then you're really becoming a potential stud potential star. Yeah. And I, I, kind of have some concerns about the lack of playmaking at Kentucky next year. And I, I think he could be a really interesting outlet to be one of those primary playmakers and creators for everyone on the team, given how kind of crafty he is, given how how well he sees the floor, given how well he creates defensive imbalances with his off-ball movement. I think there's a lot of potential for Kentucky to do some really creative stuff with him as a passer. I think they're going to put the ball in his hands. I know everyone might think that's crazy, but I think they're going to be like a, we're running a lot of sets with Justin running the show. I think they're going to be also a defensive or a a transition team where it's like Justin's running the break with DJ Dillingham on the sides or whatever you want to put it that way. I've just seen him. He's showcased some grab and go stuff where I'm like, if I was Calipari seeing that, I'd be like, yes, like, the confidence is surging when he has the whole floor to survey and he can dish out and make reads. And um, I'm like you, I I think they're going to put the ball in his hands. Obviously he can shoot it, but I think there's going to be some legit stuff and transition like, Ooh, I mean, but you see that already with some of those exhibition games. It's like, he has a great ability to be like, let me get here and adjust. Um, yeah, and, and just right in transition, little in and out dribble, see a DJ, steps around defender, gets Aaron Bradshaw to come over, gets him to leave his feet. Nice chase down block by the fourth defender there. But 
you know, this is in transition. He's created a layup attempt for his teammate after beating four defenders. I think a lot of people would be like, why didn't he kick this ball out to the left? And it's like, because that was a steal. That man was coming back. And yeah, that's exactly where DJ Wagner was collapsing to. Yeah. I I, I don't think corner shooter gets a good shot off there. No, if because the ball it, at all. if you're the ball handler, like this is a good thing on tape. Like your ball handler, you beat this guy. You got to be like, well, he's probably coming right back there. Yep. So I love how, you know, Justin works to get that other weak side defender to close in on him and throws that pass and um, dunk the damn ball. I'm sorry. <laughs> finish get up, like, finish with some anger, big fella. Come on. Don't go up weak. Like <laughs> I, 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 I love those plays, but I, if I was literally on the couch at 5 a.m. and I would be like, dunk that shit. <laughs> like, come on. What are you doing? <laughs> just finish it. You know? Um, so I, but it, there's just stuff like that where I think there's a bigger picture with Justin's game that is just starting to get unlocked. And that's why I'm going to have him number one. Yeah, same. Um, okay, let's move into Jared McCain. Uh, 6'3", 195-pound shooting guard, combo guard, point guard. Combo guard. Combo, combo guard. Um, number 10 on ESPN's um, recruiting rank not not their preseason nba draft or anything uh, just talking about recruiting um number eight on my preseason board right now where are you are with jared mccain headed to duke i love him um i was trying to do kind of a little bit of a quick project behind the scenes for this pod but i actually might save it for an article this year sorry but my point of what i was going to do is kind of hinted at it earlier. I think Jared could be a guy that is very popular with NBA scouts that won't put up huge numbers. Um, I love his game. I think he's listed around 6'3", 200. I feel like he plays bigger than 6'3". Um, mm-hmm. Not elite top speed, but really dangerous gears and traffic is what, what one of my notes I wrote down can be slippery. Um, I love the poise in his game. I think he plays with great control. Another guy like Jacoby Walter where like you can smother him and he's fine. He's okay. He's he's not going to panic. I think he navigates um, the floor on the offensive side of the ball to get kind of where he wants to get. And mm-hmm. that's where I wrote like slippery is like, I, there's a lot of times where I'm like, where are you going? Where are you going? And I'm like, Whoa, how did you feel that angle out? It, it's just, I really like his game. Duke is a very talented team this year. A lot of mouths to feed. Caleb Foster, um, Tyrese Proctor. Yeah, I'll, I'll run through their guard. Yeah, Phil Pal- right Pal- now. J- Jared McCain, Caleb Foster, Jalen Blakes, Jeremy Roach, Tyrese Proctor, uh, Jaden Shoot. Um, shut, shoot. I don't know. Sophomore. Um, shoot. We'll say shoot. I like shoot better. <laughs> but like that that's a lot of mouths to feed. That's a lot of guys who got minutes last year. That's a lot of guys with real pedigree as recruits who are going to demand minutes. I'm, I am worried about what type of opportunity he's able to get this year. And if he's going to be able to be put in the right position to succeed for both him and the team, but man, I would be playing him a ton. I'd play him and Proctor together a lot. Um, I really, like McCain. I, I like that's a guy. I just 
wrote like gives me a lot of Sean Livingston vibes with the mm-hmm. way he plays to his strengths and understands the game, like understands how to balance out, understands where to find his teammates. I just, I think he's going to be one of these guys that you might not check all the boxes of like freak athlete explosive, but I think you're just going to be like Jared McCain can play. And one of my biggest things I always personally say is if I put this guy on a court with NBA players right now and like a pickup game, would he be able to hang his own? And I think Jared McCain would be a joy to play with. Yeah. Like it's the same vibe I got. Um, and I'm not just saying this, go look at my episodes. I was like, when I watched Asar Thompson, I was like, he'd be a joy to play with because I'd be in transition and look up and all of a sudden the ball would be <laughs> heading towards me. Cause he'd just be like, I don't need to score every time. Like I know where the ball's supposed to go. I'm, I'm going to find you if you're open. I get that vibe with Jared McCain. Like he's not going to put, he might not put up 20 a game. But in a pickup game, he might have six assists if we're playing, you know, like, and he just be finding everyone and making life easier. So I just, I'm probably going to be a bigger fan preseason than some others, but I just think that's a guy that if you're a smart team, you can get him at a certain range. You'd be pretty, pretty pumped about like, hey, we're adding Jared McCain to the mix. Um, is Derek White a Weird comparison. I maybe? I don't hate that. I don't hate that because neither are. Am I on fire in twenty four <laughs> with pro comps? Like because ne- neither neither are I, real high level athletes, but they're just awesome connectors. They're good defenders. Um, they see the floor well. They can shoot. Um, it it's just it's that, that's not bad. Look at you, Mister. I hate comps. I, I think I'm like two for two <laughs> this year. Like the wheels are turning, folks. The winds have quit changed. now. Quit now. Quit, quit, quit now. while you're ahead. No, um, okay, so. Down. So with McCain, I I think he's kind of in this tough kind of limbo period. And, you know, I I think this is kind of interesting going back to the combo guard episode we did the other week where he's big enough where he's makes all the sense in the world as a shooting guard in high school. But when we look at him transitioning to the NBA, eventually it's like, you're not going to be a six, three shooting guard. But then you look at how he plays. It's like, oh, there are some real point guard skills that are lurking there. So if you're Duke, are you looking to play him more as the point, more off ball, or yes? Yes. I think you I think you gotta do uh combo guard status. Let him run wild a little bit. Um it's just one of those things like Duke's going to have to continue to be kind of like versatile with, if you're going to try to play all of these guys together at Duke, you're going to have to be able to adapt with the roles. Like not everyone's going to be able to play point guard. Like there's going to have to be some guys that can play combo guards. Like Proctor's probably going to play off the ball a little bit. I think the shot's going to take another step forward. Um, and I just think Jared's going to be one of those versatile guys. So I don't know. I, I, I'm just buying that all of them are going to be top notch. Jared's going to be finding a way where you, it's like, you have to play Jared McCain on the court because he's going to make winning plays. Almost had a fine there. Um, yeah. Wow. I, <laughs> I was so, so excited for a potential fine. Um, yeah. So I, what, what really stood out to me because I, my, my first exposure to him was, uh, the McDonald's all American game. I was like, Oh boy, this dude is a shooter. 
Um, and then he had a couple driving kicks where it's like, oh my God, he reads that weak side corner incredibly well. And that carried over throughout the high school stuff is always like, okay, this is a real thing. And then when we were at hoop summit, he was one of the best passers there. So I, I really think that, you know, I'm not comparing him necessarily to Jamal Murray, but in terms of career arc and route to, position and archetype and impact and all that kind of stuff. I think kind of taking that route for him makes a ton of sense where he has all the tools to be this lethal off ball shooter in college, but there's so much playmaking and on ball creation there that is going to be a real tool for him in the long run. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really buying him turning into a heck of a player. I, I know there's a lot of Duke diehards out there that are like, hey, Jeremy Roche. And so I think there's going to get to a point where it's like, hey, Jeremy McCain and Tyrese Proctor on the court. Yeah. Um, and, and this isn't dogging Caleb Foster because I've watched Caleb Foster and I'm very intrigued. But I just think McCain and Proctor might be winning time players you have to have out yeah. there. Like they- crunch time, five minutes, close game. I need McCain and Foster. I mean, <laughs> McCain and um, Proctor on the court. Um I just think they also could play really well with each other when it comes to like versatility on ball, off ball. I've seen McCain's shot. I think I'm buying it. I think it's going to be consistent. I I just checks a lot of boxes for me. Um, But I I do think he's the poster child this year of like, don't get caught up with the numbers because I think NBA teams are going to be like, yeah, but he's making a lot of plays that we would really like to have a player in our system doing that stuff where it's extra pass or making the right reads off of pick and rolls. And just, I mean, I'm very excited about him where you are with him as a defender. Um, because I, I, I don't, I don't think he's going to set the world on fire, but I think there are some really interesting tools, especially with him on ball there. there I I'm, think there's some interesting tools. Um, need to watch more. I, I hate saying that, but it's just like, I get to a point where I'm like, I'm not going to lie to you guys, everyone listening. Like if I I'm never going to lie about my evaluation, I need to watch more before I'm like, I'm really intrigued with this part of his area. So you tell me Metcalf, like what's, what's standing out. Um, positive negative i've got some stuff um, going on guys okay, just, <laughs> just just i promise if you knew what was going on like God, I, if you're not I the, crammed as so much as i could today you're not in the nitty-gritty no, of no, jared mccain's defensive footwork man no i'm uh, getting there That's no, probably so, what tonight so i i think he moves his feet really well on ball um i think he's really tough to break down in isolation i think the the screen navigation needs some work the off ball consistency needs some work um you know we, we talked about how justin edwards just sees everything and is everywhere at all times. Uh, Jared McCain gets a little bit tunnel vision where it's like, this is my assignment and that's who I'm on. And just communication with switches and rotations and stuff wasn't always there. Uh, but what really stood out was the, the just on ball footwork at point of attack where it's like, okay, there's some, some real shit here. And he has the strength to kind of absorb contact. If that screen navigation really, you know, takes a step in the right direction. It's like, okay, when we're talking about point of attack defenders, Duke may have something real here. I actually feel like I kind of remember that vibe from seeing him in Portland of being like, there's some real fun on ball stuff, but I feel like he got caught up in a couple screens in the scrimmages where I was like, that's going to need to get fixed. But I, tough combo guard that I, I think... I'm a big, I'm a big believer too of like if you're going against someone in practice all the time that can defend, 
that's going to rub off on you. Tyrese Proctor, I think, is going to be a, a demon this year, and sure, McCain will pick up some stuff from him. All right, uh, let's dive into some clips. Um, I only have playmaking stuff because that's what really stood out to me. Um, but you know, here just running the point. Yeah, it's just, just a great read. Just incredible understanding of the floor and where that weak side uh, defender and shooters are. Good handle to beat his guy, gets him on his hip, forces the defense to collapse. He now has four defenders in the paint. Um, you know, threads the needle. And in order shooter. to get an, in order to get an assist, gotta make the shot. There you go. Um, but I the, just the the timing, the accuracy, just live dribble, one handed pass right in the shooting pocket and short rims it yeah all righty um another one just nice little dump here oh goodness put the children to bed so just how he snaps into that crossover between the legs and then that live dribble pass to the opposite side with that right hand is a real tool that uh you know i'm envisioning tyrus proctor caleb foster um I'm envisioning them really enjoying that playing off ball. Uh, but again, this is a really small window that he threads here. Once he kind of forces that defensive rotation and hits his guy on the opposite block. Double between the legs to a bullet off the dribble live hand. Ugh, I mean, that's the type of stuff where I'm just like, that's those are big, big grown man plays. It, it's Ugh. Got it. Nice. And if his teammate would have blown that one, oh my goodness. Yeah, I was about to yell, dunk the damn ball. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but but something else with Jared that I really love with how he kind of sets up some of his playmaking stuff is how he leverages his off-ball movement to kind of put himself in different positions on the floor to then create for others. So, you know, just a nice little set here. Um, runs off a screen a couple times that gets into a pick and roll. And then just that understanding of the weak side again. It's really high level stuff, but he's the type of player where you can run him through that DHO initially, then run him off, you know, the screen into the pin down, into the pick and roll, you know, hesitation move, uh, gets both defenders to bite to him, which forces that weak side defender to rotate all the way over and tag the roller. McCain sees that, makes that two handed skip pass right in the shooting pocket. Shooter misses a wide open three, and I think people need to understand for every for everyone watching, like this has to be a very quick analysis from McCain. Like you have to read that drop defender coming over, and the second that guy starts to move, the ball should be gone. And that's exactly what he does when he sees it. The moment the body movement of the help side defender, the drop guy, is coming over, Jeremy is already throwing that pass. That's just such good reaction, especially coming off when you got two defenders in your face. Like, flip the head around. What's going on? Boom. And like, then just the zip right, that he gets right. on it, too, Ugh. with the backhand. Just Beautiful. really, really impressive stuff. And then finally here, you know, just kind of has a smaller defender on him, runs through, gets that post up, backs him down, spins baseline, collapses three defenders. Again, yeah. real small window to kick out to an open shooter and gets a rebound. Vibes of Mark Jackson. Um, 
I just love the feel. Like it, it's just something that continues to check boxes for me. And I think if he's putting up respectable numbers as a shooter with that playmaking ability and the defense takes a step forward, like NBA we've said multiple times is transitioning to combo guard. Like he, we, they just want guards. They, they want guys that can do a little bit of everything. It's like, you know, you could say that you could argue that the positionless idea has now transformed into the backcourt where it's like, Hey, if you could just do a lot of little stuff on both areas, they're going to find a place for you. So, and I'm not saying like every team's trying to pull off the Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum or Monte Ellis, Steph Curry backwards. But I think you're just looking now for that type of role player that can, or type of guard that can play a, a variety of roles. So Jared, I, I think, is just big-bodied and plays bigger on tape than 6'3". So I I was trying to find it today. I feel like even at Hoop Summit, they had him at 6'4". And I was like, the, Duke, I, I are you remember. playing as dirty, Duke? We're <laughs> rounding down to 6'3". But I, I just, I think he can play. He's a hooper. Yeah, I, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people with his ability to kind of run the point, to create for others. I think the playmaking is some of the best in this class uh, so far, or at least among the freshmen. Um, any, any final Jared McCain thoughts or is he rocks? Have, have, have no, I, I, I'm, I'm, this is why I'm saying like, I'm intrigued with this class now is because you start to see some of these guys where it's like, Hey, maybe they're not number one picks. Um, but they're probably going to be damn good assets for an NBA team. And that's why I think everyone that's saying this class sucks. Leave me alone. No, I'm kidding. I understand why everyone's got some doubts, but those are the same. We get this all the time. We're in six months. People are like, this class is kind of fun. And I'm like, oh, it's always been fun. This is what we do. We love basketball. We love hoops. So I got nothing, Metcalf. I just appreciate you doing this with me. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to surprise you with a little, th- you know, a, a, a little segment here. Uh, you know, it, it's just the most exclusive club no. in the basketball community. Uh, but since we're we're starting to talk about some, you know, specific players, and you know, we got it, we got to reignite the demand for the green room. Um, so, you know, for, 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 new li- for new listeners, uh, the green room is based purely on vibes and pedigree. It is not our top 14, but only 14 players get in. You can be admitted. You can be kicked out. But come draft night, there will only be 14 names in there uh, based on vibes, ability, potential, ranking, a lot of vibes. Um, so, Rucker, any of these three guys getting in the green room? Yeah, I mean, I think two of them are. And okay. as much as I love one, I think he it's too early to call. I think I, I would put Jacoby and Justin in. Okay. But if you want to go one by one, if you want to just only put one in, we can do that. Oh, should, should we limit ourselves to one? Yeah, or... we should limit to one or else this is going to get out of control. So is our who is our first green room? Jacoby was going to Jacoby? be my nomination. Okay, I'll go with Jacoby. That's that's ballsy. I it do is. love it though. Okay, it, I, I feel I mean, like J- Justin's the easy answer, and I expect him to be there. Um, Justin will be in there, but I think Jacoby's a good first invite to have out because I'm also buying. It's a little aggressive. It's a little out there. It is. Um, 
but we're buying stocks. I feel good. I, 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 yeah, I feel good with Jacoby. Love it. Good name too to have in the club. Like, hell, this is Jacoby Walter. That's a good, good, strong name to have in the club. Yeah, you know? and and as the first guy in, you know, it's like, okay, well, if he's not performing, then see ya. We, we you know, we, you got head out. But no, but I think he's a good defender really, too. He could also really set, really set the environment for the night. Yeah, and he's he's a good defender. So even if the offensive game isn't working that night, he can also bring it on the defensive side. Um, he's got wingspan, so if there's ever a scuffle, he could probably hold a lot of people back. Um, and I, I just just strong name. There's a strong name that cannot be overlooked. Like really good name. So all right. Well, well welcome to the green room, Jacoby Walter. Wow. Please, I'm, please I'm, do not let us down. My, here's my word, my promise to the listeners. By the time No Ceilings opens the floodgates, we're officially back. I will have a green room graphic and we'll have some sort of overlay and uh, maybe a little video transition. We got to get that. We got to have fun this year. We got to do that in the stock market game. We got a lot of stuff going on for promises, the promises. NBA draft show. Well, I'm a big <laughs> promise guy. Promise season has started. <laughs> All right. Well, once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at tmetcalf11. He is Tyler Rucker. You can find him at Tyler underscore Rucker. You can find all of our written work at noceilingsnba.com. It's 100% free. Follow us across all socials at noceilingsnba and on YouTube at noceilingstv. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and five-star rating. Until next time, see ya.